Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Oh, no, I've crashed. No, I haven't. I'm back. Sorry, you, ignore me. You crashed. Ignore me. I said my head. I said... <laughs> I Come said on, my head yourself. wasn't in the game, didn't Pull I? Pull yourself no. together. We're uh, fighting. We're, we're fighting. Start, we're, Ted. For goodness sake, start. We're here. We're <laughs> here. Whatever works. And guess who we, we've got? Aidan and I have got Steve in this week. Hello, Steve. Hello there. I've been called in at short notice. Yes, indeed. We're, welcome back to the show again. We look forward to what you've brought to the show. Hello, Aidan. Hello and hello to, Ted, to Steve as well. Yes, indeed. It's always a pleasure to have you with us, Steve. Thank you for joining us at slightly indeed. short notice. Yes, well done mm. indeed. Show 164 we're on, Friday the 10th of June, and we had a bit of feedback from um, Phil Hendy after last week's volume issue, Aidan, didn't we? We did indeed, yes. We had this uh, situation that people were saying, pardon? Speak up, I can't hear you at the back. So I cranked up the volume this week and Steve, last week, and Steve has said, or Phil... (laughs) As we'll find out in a minute, ladies and gentlemen, Aidan's not all here this morning. Phil has said um, it was much better after the last show. Up in volume and now with it together, uh, similar to other podcasts. Hurrah, he says. <laughs> yeah, it's all about compression, Aidan. I, I do compress PSE quite heavily to make sure that on a, any phone, any speaker system, that people can at least hear me. But I, I know you're an audio purist. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of, of compression. Of course, my world is more music than spoken word, and I appreciate that yeah. compression can work, help a lot more with spoken word than music. My problem with music specifically is, of course, everything starts to be on the same level. So the, the tiniest little uh, twink sure. of a high piano note is going to be the same as a huge, great, thick bang of a bass drum, which just doesn't work in my head. But I got off my high horse and I, <laughs> I cranked everything up a little bit. I put speech volume leveler for people who use Adobe. Might know that's an incredible plug-in that they have, which I gave to myself because I must say, Ted has a very good, smooth voice. You know what you're getting. It's a very pleasant Hello. voice. There you go. It's lovely to listen to. Ted should be broadcasting on Radio 2 at 3 in the morning, I tell you. Um, whereas Aiden is up and down like a yo-yo. So, yeah, I've, I played around. I did my job, basically, and I think it's, well it's better now. Thank you. Excellent. If people are, people are interested in the internals of recording podcasts. The reason Ted's level to you um, and you're up and down, it's exactly the same for me, is because when you're hearing someone over Skype, Skype is doing a lot of auto-levelling for you. So anybody coming into you by, by Skype, Aidan, is automatically more or less at the same level, whereas you're recording yourself locally in high fidelity and huge dynamism. Ah, yes, but remember, I am uh, the way that I work with whatever works is that I don't use the Skype recording at all. The Skype is only a reference for me. Ted will subsequently, as you will also today, sends me his recording. So I am talking about the waves as they... No, I'm talking about the production of the human voice. Ted has a more sedate, normal, if you will, voice than my very (laughs) hyperactive, firing on all cylinders at once, laser-like voice. It's the so nicest t- thing so he's ever said Ted to me. Is indeed <laughs> silky smooth. Yes. Proof, proof there. Okay, let's press on then. Um, I hope, hopefully, Phil, you're happy now. Well, we know he is. So oh, say some good. more, Ted. It sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it together. Uh, 
Um, right, okay, links. Um, tedsalmon.com is where you'll find me. All the MeWe groups are linked out from there and all the audio podcasts that I'm involved in. And if you get lost there, go to PodHub UK, search it on Google, you'll find it. AidenBell.com for Aiden and everything that he does. And SteveLitchfield.com is where you'll find everything that Steve does. So do head across there. There's also links in those places to buy us coffees and help us with Amazon um, affiliate links and all that stuff. So just head across there and you'll find it um shall we press on with um our kind of what's become our little journal i think at the start of the show um i'm, I'm not sure what uh, i i think i've spent most of this week avoiding parties <laughs> there was there was a um you know a royal jubilee party thing going and it's just my worst personal nightmare i know you'll agree with me aiden but social gatherings of any kind and then the feature headline was um, there was the word games was on it. Oh, no, not games. Anyway, I wriggled out of it. I blamed my parents. And um, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I don't know. Uh, Steve, did you, you had to go to one, didn't you? Well, our local village has what's called a scarecrow trail every two years. Well, they dress up scarecrows in comical positions and put up slogans. It's all good fun. They open gardens. And it just happened to completely coincide with the Jubilee thing. So my my Jubilee event was to go around the Scarecrow Trail where they had lots of funny photographs like the one I put in the show notes for you and Aidan to enjoy. But there were no flags <laughs> or parties or anything similar in our streets. I think we're just too middle class and so no social pressure for me. But that's quite nice, isn't it? Because it means you can wander around at your own pace and be there or not as yeah. you wish, rather than finding yourself sat at a table being force-fed Victoria sponge <laughs> that you don't really want and having to make social intercourse with people you barely know. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, there you go. We've avoided those. What's going on with you, Aidan? Well, I must say, as, as I hinted earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm calming down now. I'm back, almost back in the room. I had one of those interesting mornings. I had quite a free day today and I was looking forward to recording with you gentlemen, whatever works, until all of a sudden my mother had a, had a, a, a medical incident, which I needn't bore the listener with. She's fine. Thank you very much. It's not going to be serious. But suddenly I had to run my mother to A&E. So it was one of those drop everything, we're going to hospital moments. Oh and I've got back into the house literally about 20 minutes ago as we record this and I'm sort of still panting slightly and sort of waving my t-shirt <laughs> to give myself cooler air and drinking tea and thinking calm down Aiden get the back show in must the room. go on center your chakras <laughs> not to mention that when I on the way home I stopped to fill up my car and it cost me 127 pounds to fill what? my car with petrol yeah, which yeah. I remember in the past used to cost me I would be I would fill it for 80 quid and think oh that was expensive and now yeah. it's 127. It was about 66 litres. So that, I think, I, no offence to my mother, but I think that shocked me more than having to take my mother to hospital was filling yeah, my yeah. car with what, petrol. What you want is a pair of mopeds for you and her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I'd like to see. <laughs> I'd love to see. I'd buy my mother a moped just to see her on it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right, what else? What, got anything else? Um. Well... I've got something here that I don't... I, I, I considered putting this into Room 101, actually, and then I thought, well, no, it's not really a Room 101. It's just Aiden Incompetence. I very rarely eat crisps. I'm trying to be a good boy and, and look after my diet these days. And whereas when I was much younger, I used to pour crisps down my throat like they were going out of style, um, I don't these days. But perhaps they have gone out of style. Here's the question. Why can't you buy... Cheese and onion flavoured crisps in large bags. And I'm not talking about clever, clever, all these what's-its and doodle digs and all these funny old 
puff pastry potato things they make now. I'm talking about good old traditional Walkers or Golden Wonder style potato crisps. And my favourite flavour for many years was cheese and onion. And I seem to find that if I want to buy cheese and onion crisps today, I have to buy a packet of six small packets or one small oh, packet. I, I mean, cannot yeah. buy a packet that isn't bigger than your tiny, tiny little snack size packet. All, many other flavours seem to be available. Did Have either of you any experience of this? They Is call, it just me? Call, don't they call them grab bags? Yeah, they may. Well, whatever they call them, they're too small. <laughs> no, no, no. The the, the 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 like the next size up, the family kind of size. Right. Yeah, but my question yeah, is, whatever they call it, why can you not buy yeah, that yeah. size in cheese and onion flavour? Steve, it's a very good question, but I can't help you, not least because I've never eaten a crisp in my entire life. <laughs> oh, good I'm for you, sixty, sir. and I've never eaten a crisp. Wow. I know nothing whatsoever about crisps. That's amazing. There was something else you brought to the show that you said was it you'd never had a cup of tea or something. It was. I yeah, remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Or coffee. Yeah. To, to, to Aidan's horror, coffee. I've never tasted coffee. Still now, no. still to this day, even after all nope. the the, nope. the pressure nope. of <laughs> coffee machines and goodness yeah, yeah. me. Just amazing, isn't it? And uh, Aiden, you're trying to get a um, a COVID vaccine, but can't. Oh yes, that was another one. Yeah, I, again, Aiden's not all here today. Yeah, this is a little bit annoying. I thought, in fact, this morning, I think sadly it's not going to happen. But I thought that I was going to have a very enjoyable, lucrative, well-paid um, advertisement pro- job coming up that would have been uh, going abroad for four days and filming an advert and everyone would have seen me on telly and I'd have loved it. I think it's now fallen through. However, the story briefly is I decided that because they will be requiring COVID negative tests in order to do the job to make sure that I didn't, uh, you know, sods law, get COVID the day before the job, I thought, let me get myself another vaccine because it's now nine months since I had my booster, the third vaccine, and surely I can get the fourth vaccine because it's been that long and I want one. No. I rang my doctor. My doctor said no, only the specified groups, which are over 75 or those with a, a, a immune uh, issue. Those are the only people who can have a vaccine. She said, try calling the vaccine number 1191 or something like that. So I rang the COVID vaccine number and the woman there said, no, sorry, you have to be of this eligible group. You can't get it. It's not available privately. No one else is allowed to do it. Only the NHS and the NHS says you can't have it. And it just it makes me smile, Riley. We're in a world where people were being paid money to have the vaccine. And now I can't get one for love nor money. And just it sort of bemuses and annoys me at the same time. That was all. Yeah, I suppose it's good in a sense because I mean, can you imagine the money go round that might kick off with capitalism kicking in if if it wasn't government and NHS controlled? If if anyone could set up a little business and and offer COVID jabs, you know, that they would be all skyrocketing the price. I suppose there is that, but then either the NHS should allow qualified um, private hospitals to give it. With license under license, or the NHS should open up and allow people who are, as I would be, prepared to pay for it to have the thing. Yeah. So, as I say, sadly, I think the job's fallen through. But uh, should yeah. the job come back, I think I won't let this rest. I shall find out who it is, who is the higher authority that tells the NHS that they have to, that they can't give it to me, and I shall fight this in the court. <laughs> so this week, you certainly won't be feeling a prick. Now, let's um, <laughs> let's move on to feedback from hey, the. Hey, so I, I just got to say, you know what? We need to call that section whatever. <laughs> Never mind whatever works. I think the opening section is just whatever. Whatever. 
<laughs> right, let's press on. James Reed is first with something on. Oh, this is feedback to you, Aiden, about your um, USB. Oh, stick. Oh yes, I bought this USB stick. I, I bought myself a SanDisk USB stick, which I talked about on the last show because the Chinese Ningyang Po one had been dreadful, uh, and I'm very happy with it. The USB stick functions perfectly, and it had these two funny little holes, which I thought were for trying and failing to poke through a keyring. Well, of course, James has said obviously um, regarding Aiden's USB stick. Looking at the picture, those holes are not for a split ring, but rather a Lanyard strap attachment. Duh! Lanyard. A Lanyard, indeed, sorry. Aiden smokes his forehead here because, of course, yes, yeah, now you say it, James, it's obvious. These, says James, usually have a very thin looped cord at the end, and the idea is you push the loop through the two holes and then thread the rest of the, and then thread and then thread the rest of the strap through. You can get them with split rings too. He's quite right, isn't he, Steve? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly what it's for. Yeah, right. as you were saying that, I thought, well, I, I, it's obvious. I thought, shall I, e- shall I email Aiden? And I thought, no, I'm sure a dozen other people will email you about it. And indeed, one of them did. But yes, it was. It's got only obvious, perhaps, once you know the answer. But uh, we do now on, know the answer. It's on the side, though, which was a kind of defied the the logic of the idea. Because if something is dangling sideways, then it's going to be less dangly. Do you see what I mean? You'd expect a lanyard um, hole yeah. to be at the end of something. I'm still not yeah. quite sure. Even a lanyard cable, because the thing is completely horizontal flat with two holes in it, I'm still not sure how you can tuck a cable into one and expect it to just come out automatically through the other, unless there's a tube built in inside the, the USB thing, which I'm quite sure there is. No, isn't. no, no. You push, you push the loop through and then put the yeah. handle through. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Aidan. Keep up. Well, the I mean, ask a, ask a teenager. Looking at the, <laughs> yes, but looking at the size of that USB stick, you'd need to be a watchmaker to be able to do it at that scale. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Again, anyway, ask a teenager. They've got good eyesight. Yes, all right. Fair yes. enough. Anyway, um, we'll, James Reed links to a, a bunch of these nylon Yes, lanyards. yes, indeed. In the in the in the in the group, so we'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, another bit of feedback from Matt Jones on the. Um, do you remember I put this sock putter on on the last show? Yes. Um, which some people that can't reach down to their feet well, might find useful. And in fact, since the show, someone did ask me for a link for that to, to because they wanted to to get one for their relative or something. Um, but anyway, Matt Jones says there's another option: the Nike Go Flyies Hands Free Shoe. Um, there's a short video, which I'll link to the show notes as well. My wife um, is disabled, and I have to keep an eye on stuff like this, he says. Sadly, this one isn't a great help because she needs something slightly different. Um, I know we've always had slip-on shoes, but in my experience, they tend to be a little... They need a little hand guidance, um, lest you end up treading the backs down and ruining them, which is true, which is why we brought that... Um, do you remember that? Um, my dad's got this... Um, Long handled oh, shoe. Oh yes, horn. yes. That, that's really good. He and he still uses that, um, so he doesn't have to reach down to that. Um, but um, Matt says these do look a great great idea for those they'll suit. And what they are is a shoe or a trainer in this case, which kind of you need to watch the video to understand it really. It, it kind of um, as you lift your toe up, it, the the back kind of drops down, and it, it looks like a very clever design. I've never seen it before. So good shout, Matt. Indeed, um, I, I can't think of any down. Sides. Anyone else? Well, it's because it's got a hinge in it, and when you've got hinges and moving parts, uh, the waterproofing is perhaps a concern. If you were to put your foot into this and it kind of snaps shut, and you go out in the British weather in the rain, I do think perhaps there's more risk of water getting in than if you had a one piece. <laughs> Fair enough. I reckon Nike might have thought about that. 
<laughs> or perhaps not. I like this very much, and I'm thinking of my mother, who's actually still quite dextre- dexterous at the moment and doesn't wouldn't need it. But, I mean, when the time comes, and indeed for myself when the time comes, I do like the look of this. And I think also, Steve, I mean... I'm thinking in terms of elderly people who aren't so likely to go wandering around in the rain yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, my only concern, I loved it. I watched the video and I, I love this idea. I just think they're all so ugly. <laughs> I just wish they made them. I think I wish they were aesthetically a little more pleasing. Again, especially for elder people who wouldn't be into all these flashy colours and styles. But I think it's a great okay. idea if it works. Indeed. Uh, apologies from here again, as usual. It's really hot here and it's really windy and the doors and windows are open, so we're going to hear trains going by. Oh, that's right. Now we've got Steve on the show. He can tell us exactly which train it is and <laughs> who manufactured it and where it's going. I love trains. <laughs> Indeed. But in the meantime, an idealistic item, Steve? This is from Kurt Kaufman on MIT's $4 solar desalination device. We'll put a link in the show notes. He said it could make enough drinking water for a family of four. He said 97% of water is undrinkable salt water. The salt concentration is far too high for our bodies to process. If you drink too much of it, you'd become dehydrated and die. Drinking water needs to be less than 1% salt. So I did research this, Kurt. And this new device from MIT uses gravity-driven convection to purify water. So salty water falls through a black dye layer... And the idea of the black dye layer is that attracts the sun's heat. So fresh water is at the top, and then after use, the salt is just at the bottom is just poured away or otherwise used. And Kurt says, for these devices to make a difference in the places that need them, need them the most, they need to be not only cheap and efficient, but also durable and long-lasting. He said, mm. it seems like a breakthrough. I'm sure we all hope it comes off. So $4, um, and that's a drinking water for a family of four, and could, in theory, go on for a long time. It seems too good to be true, but it's very, very cool, low-tech. And fiendish, as you would say, Ted. Fiendish. Fiendish. I mean, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. We we did, a a while ago, a couple of years ago probably now, we had this thing that you could grab seawater with and do stuff with it. But I think you needed to buy filters for it or whatever. Yes. Maybe you you need to do that with this as well, I'm not sure. But um, certainly, yeah, great idea. Um, there's so much water out there. That, and could um, be a lifesaver. I mean, if you were traveling yeah, yeah, yeah. or in some sort of pro- uh, you know, activity where you might have trouble finding drinking water, you could save a life for $4. Indeed. Talking of which... <laughs> oh, it's... <laughs> slinky Link went wrong again. Do you know, no, no, OK, but I'll let you do your Slinky Link in a minute because I just want to go back and say I'm interested in this idea that you can't... I mean, as we know, you cannot drink seawater. But how much can you drink? If you were stranded on a desert island and all you had to drink was seawater, is there a quantity of seawater that you perhaps could drink before you would become unwell but that would also help you to some degree, Steve? <laughs> I'm guessing around a day's worth. I think after 24 hours, you'd be start to feel very, very ill and very, very dehydrated, and it would all go horribly wrong for you. Yes. Again, we're back to death. Yes. <laughs> okay. So to prevent death, as <laughs> a sort of slinky link, Ted. Thank you very much. I do appreciate yes. it. Um, listeners will I probably remember that I, I had a little heart scare on the last show. I, um, nothing has happened since, so I do think it was all a false alarm. But always good to check these things. Never just assume it is a false alarm. Always get it checked. And in the course of making sure that I genuinely don't have a heart problem, I decided that it might be pertinent to get a heart rate monitor because I'm still training with a friend in the gym. And of course, being in the gym on a treadmill or lifting weights is is a very good moment to have a heart attack. So I thought it might be sensible, even though it would cost a few quid, to get a decent heart monitor that I could wear at the gym. And then my friend Sam, who trains me, can keep an eye on my heart rate and make sure I'm not about to drop dead. 
And I jumped, so I went to all our favourite websites, to, to Amazon, to YouTube, and, you know, look at the 10 top heart rate monitors, blah, blah, blah. And the one that seemed to always come out on top is made by a company called Polar. And although I'm, in fact, not a sporting person to any degree, it's a name I certainly know. Polar H10 heart rate sensor, it calls itself. 75 of our finest pounds, so not cheap, but it come, it's, it's a... Good quality product. All the reviews were good. And indeed, on receiving it, it's nice, sturdy, well-made piece of kit. The thing itself is really very small. I mean, it's about the size of a wristwatch. Uh, and it's got two large poppers uh, uh, which pop onto a belt. So you have an elasticated uh, belt, which is adjustable. So you have that nice and tight around your middle. And then you pop this thing onto the belt. And the, and the act of popping it on connects it to sensors which are inside the belt. And there it is. Voila, job done. You put it mm. on. Uh, once you've got it on, that's it. You put your shirt back on. You go off to the gym. There's a very nice app. And here's where Aidan, the reviewer, um, shows his um, true useless metal, because all I know is that I so said to Sam, there's the app, load it on your phone for me and tell me what my heart rate is. And he does. But I can tell you that briefly looking at the app, it does seem to be very good. Again, the reviews of the app are very, very favourable. You can choose what kind of exercise you're doing. And then you can tell the app when you're starting and finishing your, your exercise period and it will monitor your heart rate constantly and it will ping when it thinks it might be a little bit too high or whether you're doing something wrong. And so it's just a nice way of having a, a constant reminder of your heartbeat if you have any concern of it. That's about it. It's sort of one of those things that does one thing and does it well. And so far, I've worn it for three or four sessions and have had absolutely no problems with it. It's very comfortable. I forget I'm wearing it after a couple of minutes and it does the job fine. I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm, I'm again, bad reviewer. I'm assuming it has a tiny little button battery in there that at some point will need changing. But to this point, power has not been an issue at all. What about the readings? Yes, it's um, yes. I'm glad to say that my heart rate seems to be quite healthily low. So I do. Right. I, I'm quite optimistic that what happened to me, the long story I won't tell again from the couple of weeks ago, was indeed a false alarm, and that I'm actually fine. So um, all good. Perhaps it was that evening you were snorting coke. Yes, something <laughs> like that. But um... I am startled to hear though that uh, lifting weights down the gym can cause a heart attack. So Ted and I won't be doing that. <laughs> no. I think I'll stop. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea, gentlemen. Don't do that. Yes. Yeah. So, right. Next up is limey. The limey. Um, it's a. It's called a limey, and it's a tap lime scale condom, which I've dubbed it. They didn't. Yeah, I, I, I looked for the. Word. I was going to tease you about the fact that it was called a condom, and I thought I can't find the name here anywhere. But I see why you say it, Ted. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't think that I lived in a, an area with lime scale being a problem. I, in fact, I'm sure I, I. I don't. But but it seems that I do because there was some stuff around the end of the tap in the kitchen, and the other um, rooms as well. Um, and it just needed cleaning. And I thought, well, I could go and scrub it with a toothbrush or something. But I thought, well, I'll give this a go because we spoke about it once before, I think. And sure enough, you get this kind of condom thingy, which looks like a little balloon. And you fill it up with your limescale cleaning fluid. And then you kind of slap it on around the end of the tap and leave it overnight. And that's it. It seems to work. It it, it did its job. Um, in the morning, it was, um, it was sorted. And just a quick wipe... And and what was there has gone, and and presumably inside the tap as well, because it's this condom which you 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 bury the end of the tap inside. It goes up inside and does the same in there. So hopefully it's a nice clean tap. However, 
it is hideously overpriced for what it is. So don't buy one from Amazon, whatever you do, even though if you really want to, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, the normal price is £7.98. Now, I got it for £5.85 um, because really you could just use anything. You could lose, use a balloon or actually, all joking aside, you could use a condom. Um, I mean, you might need to use some elastic bands or cellophane yes, or something. Yes. But it, all, it, all it is is a little balloon. Um or you just have to sort of balance a vessel on top of things until it reaches the tap. And so it's just... Yeah, yeah. 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 There, are, yeah. there are other ways yeah. of doing it, obviously. But anyway, this is a dinky little thing. It seems to work. And it's got a little securing loop on it, which means whatever you're... In theory, whatever your tap is like, it, you should be able to loop it round and yes. it'll stick on there. Um, but uh, it didn't fall off anyway. So there you go. The, the limey. I think yeah, I b- I bought one this week actually after seeing your recommendation of the notes. I haven't tried yeah. it yet, but I, I I do find it curious that five pounds or less on this show is cheap as chips, and five pound eighty five apparently is hideously overpriced. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, too shame, not... Mister Litchfield. Too shame, sir. Yeah. No, I I like this. I mean, I mean, I remember in the past unscrewing tap heads and dropping them in a little bowl of vinegar overnight, and this is just a sort of the next emanation of that yeah, process, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and and you're quite right. You could you could put this stuff in a in a glass and put some books under it. And I mean, there are other ways yes. of doing it, but this is a a neat solution that way. doesn't involve mucking about. So there you go. The limey link in the show notes. But you'll have to sell your house in order to buy it. <laughs> Steve, what have you got? Well. A few years ago, people may remember, I sent in a, a, a mini review of a Stanley um, multi-bit screwdriver um, at about four or five bits, very solidly constructed and great value. I think it's about five or six pounds. Um, this is a upgraded version, really. It's got 20 bits. It's ratchet operated, so you can go and, you know, don't have to keep uh, removing your hand from the grip as you operate mm-hmm. it. Um, 22 different bits in theory, if you include some of the sockets. But it, it's £13. I think it's a great deal, but it is quirky and it's amusingly quirky, which made me bring it to the show. So the packaging it comes in, okay, see the link in the show notes. The packaging it comes in is so tough and so confusing that you need another toolkit just to break into <laughs> yes. and free the screwdriver from the tuss, oh, yes. tough plastic <laughs> and almost as tough cardboard. Think very heavy duty packaging. I think Stanley are saying, if you can't get this out of the packaging, then you're not really into DIY enough to be allowed to use it. <laughs> you know, I, I, have, I can totally sympathise with that because I've just bought a Stanley staple gun, which I was planning to bring on to the next show, and I had the same issue And I, because yeah. I wanted to be uh, pedantic and anal and open it really carefully so should I have to return it, I could put it back in, and I just gave up and ended up tearing yeah. it all apart. Yeah, you're quite right, Steve. It's something to do with Stanley. Yeah. Anyway, the 12 extra bits I use are in two banks, as it were, of your choice. So you see it six in the handle, which is fine. Yeah. And you get six more around the outside of the main shaft. If you look at the photographs mm. in the show notes, you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. They're each in little magnetized bays, oh. which sounds good. But the latter are so tightly embedded in the little magnetized bays, you again need <laughs> a screwdriver <laughs> 
to lever out the, yeah. the bits for your other screwdriver. You see, you have to buy so. all these extra tools to use the tool. It's very clever marketing. <laughs> In practice, I use the bit I'm taking out from the end to lever out the next one, but it's still very, very fiddly. And there are lots of negative reviews along the same lines oh. on the Amazon link. Do see it in the show notes. But it's still a useful tool. You just, you just have to get to know it. And, and you can have enormous fun working out which of the 20 bits makes your top 12 for carrying in the screwdriver itself. So I'm enjoying can it. Can you tell which Very bit good. is which when you want to get them out? Or are you likely to take out the wrong bit and go, oh, wrong one, and put it back and have to try another one? Can you see them all? No. Yeah, yeah. The, you see all the bits end on, so right. you can instantly see which okay. one you're taking out. Absolutely, Ooh, it is very good. I, I, and it's not. Sorry, and it's not. A, and it's not a Xiaomi. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I'm now dithering because my screwdriver is ancient, and I have been considering getting a new one. But now you've got some negative points in there, Steve. So I'm not quite sure you sold it to me. I think it's worth a punt. At thirteen pound, you're not, and it's from Amazon, so you can give it a go, and you could. I know you'll destroy the packaging. <laughs> yes, I reckon yes. they'll still take it back because they're Amazon. Ah, but I got their staple gun. I can actually smack the hair cap of the packaging in order to open it with their staple. You gun. staple it back together. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> hey, listen. No, talking of talking of people buying things and not using them. Yeah, I was just sorry. I, I nearly went over another slinky link of yours, didn't I, Ted? Yeah, I've had a phone arrive this week, so it's not something for this show. I'll be talking about this on PSC, ladies and gentlemen. So tune in if you want to hear more Aiden Bell. Um, I bought an Astro Slide. It's the latest phone from the Planet Computers Company. I've had their Gemini. I currently have their Cosmo. And after a two year wait, I have received their Astro Slide. Do I like it or not? <clears throat> well, tune into PSC and find out. <clears throat> okay, we'll do that. <laughs> Let, let's wait for that. That'll be this weekend um, with uh, Steve and I, and Aiden, we're going to record a bit for Aidan to, 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 so we can plop that in um, alongside our other guests at PSC this week. Um, anyway, time for a jingle. Yay! Still using and still and the first still using, in fact, it's the only one, I think, is my T-Fell Easy Soup and Smoothie Maker. Oh, now, I was thinking yes. about putting this into Room yeah. 101. No. <laughs> but, but, uh, no. I, I think, I mean, we've praised this thing, or I have, over the, the three years that I've now had it. It's a great unit. It does it really well, compared to that dreadful Morphe Richards fiasco, which was an awful machine. This, this T-Fell one is really good. The only problem is that, Recently, after and I don't know what the life expectancy of these things are, but recently it started to not cook uncooked vegetables properly. Um, the, the soups are coming out a little bit kind of gritty, a little bit bitty, and not smooth like it used to be. Um, so the, the fix is, and, and it works really well, is to cook everything you put in it first. So I've been cooking um, vegetables before they go in now, and it, and it works absolutely fine. I mean, you can't put raw meat in anyway, so you know you, you you've had to. Yeah. If you put meat in, it's got to be pre-cooked. So I'm not sure what it is. Maybe the motor is not chopping stuff up as well, or maybe the heat sensor is not cooking. Yeah, it I was long thinking enough. there's something. Uh, the heating element that it's just not getting hot enough anymore yeah maybe or, or maybe something's just worn out after three years I, i'm not sure though i mean i'm not going to chuck it out because we can work around it because it's such a good machine but i don't know if there's any other thoughts anyone's got you haven't got long covid you think it's not the machine at all it's just that you've lost your sense of taste <laughs> <laughs> no it's not to do with the taste it's yeah it's the yeah so i don't know those seem to be the two things that i could think of anyone else 
No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Leave me out of it. I, I cook everything the uh, the old-fashioned way. OK, then. Fair enough. Oh, you see, well, I'm on the other extreme. I open a, ta- a tin of soup when I want one. So Ted's sort of comfortably in the middle yeah. of those two camps with this machine, which I've envied every time you talk about it on the show, Ted. I sort of get yeah, within really a gnat's nice. whisker of buying one and then don't. Um, and and now you've put me off. <laughs> Well, um, three is is three years reasonable for a, I think, a, yes. an item like that. Actually, yes, these days I think three months is very reasonable. <laughs> That's yeah. <a> bit harsh. <laughs> Maybe no, I think so. three years. Three years is just about acceptable. I'd like to see kitchen okay. appliances go on for five or six years. Okay, well, um, I'll forgive it then. But anyway, we'll see how long it get, goes before it actually conks out. Anyway, there you are. That's my still using. I'll tell you what's going to be going on for another 60 years is the cheapest chips jingle. And I've got a mini screwdriver for glasses. Um, I'm um, usurping Steve's screwdriver with this <laughs> tiny little one, um, which you can hang on your key ring. Um, £1.70 delivered from Amazon Prime. No postage and package on top of that. Um, and you just put it on your key ring. Open up one end and it's got a Phillips screwdriver. Open up the other end, it's got a um, a, um, a, a flat blade, whatever you call it, screwdriver. Um, and also in the lid, you've got a um, a little nut thingy, if you've got those little nuts oh. on some glasses. So the whole thing, I, I'm, this is always happening to me. I, I, f- I forget to, to tighten up my screws on my glasses and, and the little screws always falling out. So this just helps me. It dangles down from my um, computer here and I can just remember to do it down again. So that's good. £1.70. That's very good. Three attachments. It's a sort of inverted Allen key, the third one, isn't it? Yeah, I like this. It's, a, it's very nice. It's Maybe I could buy one and fix that lanyard onto my USB stick with it. L- lanyard, lanyard. Uh, yeah, I've got to learn to say the word first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, very quickly, was this thing that um, was doing the rounds for decades, really. And it's a, a safe can, a Heinz baked beans can that you is is hollow, and you stick it in your um, cupboard and put whatever safety, uh, sorry, any valuables you want to put in it, on the basis that anyone thieving anything will see this thing in the cupboard. If they do, it looks just like a tin of beans, and so they don't think any more from it. And it does look very, very genuine in terms of the um, what you know it is a, a tin of beans. Anyway, you screw off the bottom, and you um, put stuff in it, and um, that's it. You put it back. Um, I, I mean, gone are the days where everyone holds loads of cash in their house. Well, maybe some older people might still, but, you know, there, there are other things you yes. might want to, to to protect. Like, for example, leaving a, a USB stick with dreadfully illegal images <laughs> yeah. all over it. That kind of thing. <laughs> you know, the problem uh, for me is I'd forget I owned it and I'd go to the cupboard. Oh, I think I'll have a tin of beans. And I'd try and open it and I'd wreck it. That, I mean, I know that's uh, what I'd do within 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, five, a fiver. That that's quite good as well. So two items. Um, Steve. Yeah, I just bought one thirty seconds ago. I, I clicked ah, on the link. Hey. And thought, wow, it's exactly the sort of thing I love to have around, hidden places. I've got a, a, a book. I shan't say which what the spine title is, but it's also hollow, and I keep secret stuff in there. And it's, this looks like an extra secret thing I can keep in the kitchen. And as you say, keep spare keys and the like. Well done, Ted. Fantastic. I suppose you have to there have a go. couple of two or three real cans of beans around it so that it doesn't <laughs> sort of stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good stuff.
I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. Right, who wants what this week? Ian Barton wants a YOLO Box Pro, which is a touchscreen-driven 3 HDMI audio and video mixer gadget. This has got Aidan and myself all over it. He says, I don't even think I would ever use half the features, but I want one. If you need to ask how much it costs, you can't afford it. And seriously, <laughs> I investigated this, Ian. There's no price on the website. You literally have to ask them how much you Ooh. have to give them in order for them to send you more details and to, to sell you one. The, um, the, Yolo, the YOLO Live YOLO Box Pro is described as an all-in-one system for switching, encoding, recording and monitoring. And it certainly lives up to this headline statement. With the ability to, quote, stream anywhere to everywhere, unquote, by the use of 4G LTE mobile data, this truly portable device is a must-have addition for wedding and event videographers, content creators, and those wishing to stream their video products online as they're captured. With the ability to simultaneously record the output stream to an SD card as backup or later upload to a social media platform, apparently this gives perfect peace of mind for content creators. There was a linked video, by the way. I think uh, we'll put that in the show notes if we can. But the guy demonstrates for about half an hour all the different use cases and the things you can do. Enormously impressive. But I suspect, Aidan, that neither you or I really, really push the the, the limits in terms of buying this and making use of it. Yeah, I mean, we, we so often bring things onto the show that we say, I want one of these, but I really don't need it and I wouldn't know what to do with it if I had it. And this sort of falls into that category, doesn't it? Do you think they were drunk when they named it? The Yalla Box. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know nothing about streaming. Um, in fact, this um, big event, which is why I've been so busy lately, the, 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 the playthrough of my musical with an orchestra that's coming up in two, three or four weeks' time, we have a chap who's going to be filming that, and he's going to be using vMix software, which I gather is another uh, is something similar for, multi, for streaming, putting together multi-cameras and streaming them straight out and doing all sorts of clever whiz bang things but it's it's really not not something i i know a lot about ted is it any not up your street no <laughs> nothing to do with me I, this this doesn't enter my stream of consciousness at all stream oh see what you did that boom boom yes I, I, before we move on though i will point out for anyone that doesn't know that yolo um apparently stands for you only live once which is kind of, I suppose, where the, the name Ah, came because from. they're going to charge you so much for it. They say, come on, you only live once. Give us your money. Uh, once in a lifetime purchase. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that... I mean, Ian does a lot of videoing, obviously, because he speaks quite a lot about these tools, and he gets out on his bike. He, he, he published a video in MeWe this week of him on his bike where this... Um, juggernaut lorry had carved him up on on his push bike um, so he takes lots of videos and um, has great fun with it obviously um, so well done Ian yeah the YOLO box pro now something for you Adam <laughs> I remember that ring that you brought on the show ages ago oh I'm wearing and- it as we speak sir Right, the thing that you pay for things yes. with and all of that. Well, this is a Gucci and Aura, is that how you pronounce that? Smart ring. Right. Um, it's a new smart ring, dripping with luxury, it says. It can deliver accurate health data and look fashionable at the same time. Oh. It comes in at 820 quid. Good grief, it must be dripping with a lot of luxury at that price. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's made from premium materials. Black synthetic corundum. What? Is that, is that a word? 
for a majority of the exterior. Sorry, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you, Ted. We don't know what corundum is, and moreover, it's synthetic corundum. (laughs) (laughs) It's a synthetic version of something we have no idea what. Oh, well, anyway, probably something very posh and expensive. Anyway, the 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 rest of it is made of um of uh, gold and Ooh. eighteen karat gold as well. They they've got logos and stuff all over it. Anyway, it can be mon- It can use you put it on your finger and it will monitor your heart rate, your temperature, sleep activity, blah blah blah, all the usual things. And the measure the measurements they claim are taken from the arteries in the finger, which Ura claims as giving better and more accurate results than sensors found in the wrist so off you go with your stupid um your stupid uh what are they called it's not smartwatch the fitness tracker thing is on your wrist yeah. <laughs> get one on your ringer on your on finger your with a ringer right. on your ringer with a finger so i um, so this is actually my- and, and also just before Sorry, you go Ted. on i just say that there is an app available for ios and android obviously to get the data out but um, yeah, I'd like one of these. It'll be great fun, wouldn't it? 820 quid, yeah, though. Yeah, sorry for interrupting. Yeah, so this obviously does a great deal more than mine does anyway. I mean, mine is a payment ring, and that's it. You pay yeah, for it, that's yeah. all you do. This pres- this They've presumably found a way now of establishing health measurements from the finger, which makes me a bit dubious to start with, because I don't really trust the ones on the wrist either. But, um, <laughs> wow. Well, no, do you know, I found this. When I was researching my heart monitor, an awful lot of reviewers were saying, if you want access accurate measurements you need a heart mo- measurement you need a heart monitor that's attached around your actual heart area the ones that was that the people selling it to no, you no 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 that was uh, youtube youtube <laughs> reviewers and um, the reason apparently that with the apple watch you have to press the button and hold your finger on the button is that it then completes a circuit around through your body through your heart so that's how apple are getting away with it um, anyway, yeah, th- I, I'm sorry to say, I think it's also ugly, <laughs> so it's not something for me. Right. But, yeah, the technology moves on, doesn't it? Indeed it does. And I can tell you, by the way, that corundum is an aluminium oxide that commonly forms hexagonal barrel-shaped prisms that taper at both ends or as thin tubular hexagonal plates. There. Oh, I thought so, Yes, yeah. well, there we are. Now we know. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said that. Here. <laughs> Go on then, what's next? <laughs> well, do you remember the 1970s, the sci-fi show on television, Space 1999? Aidan? <laughs> My very childhood, I do indeed, Steve. The spaceship in that was called the Eagle, our Eagle Transporter. It was a great fan favourite. I had a dinky model back in the day. And in I Want One of Those, I'm picking out a 44-inch studio scale Space 1999 Eagle model at £3,999. You heard that right. 4,000 quid for a toy spaceship, Aidan. It it doesn't do anything at all apart from fill up half a room. But it would be so cool to have on a plinth with arty lighting in my mansion one day when I'm a millionaire next to the swimming pool and the snooker room. 44 inches, the same size as the models filmed on the actual TV show, by the way. And apparently they weigh an absolute ton, being all metal. And they're all sold out because it's a limited edition. But as I wasn't actually going to spend 4000 anyway, I'm not too downheartened. Wow. Well, I'm just... I, I, remember, I remember the show, Steve, but I, I really didn't watch it. Um, uh, so, yeah, over to you two on this one. I'm just working out what 40-odd <laughs> inches is. Yeah, it's a decent enough size, isn't it? I mean, it's a £1,000 per 10 inches, isn't it, basically? It takes... 
Two oh. people to lift it, oh, apparently. Is, Two yeah. people to lift a toy spaceship. <laughs> wow. The thing is, you know what, Steve? I mean, you, 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 from time to time on PSC, you will say quite rightly that even if a phone is going to cost £1,000 or more, if it's something that you love, that you use daily, that's become part of your life, then why not? <laughs> Carpe diem. And it's kind of the same with this, isn't it? If you've got 4000 quid that you can afford to spend on it, <laughs> and, it's the, and it's going to give you so much pleasure, you know, people pay £4,000 on a jacuzzi for the back garden. Well, maybe... Maybe somebody would prefer to have this to sort of go in and genuflect. You know, yeah, I'm not against it. I think if you've got that kind of money to spend, then why not? It does look wonderful. And not to mention looking at the website and seeing all the other various things they've got as well. (laughs) I think my wife would rather have the jacuzzi. (laughs) Just saying. So so would I. You see, for me, it would have to be a life-size Yoda or something if I was going down that sort of geekery. (laughs) Or a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Oh, car. yes, there you go. Like... Now you're talking, Ted. Something yes. for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right, there you go, then. Um, now, it's our second favourite part of the show. My mother is fabulous, and she does all that washing in the house. I mean, you know, as people know, I share a house with my elderly mum, and I'm, you know, I do an awful lot of work to help her, which is fabulous. I, I should, and I'm happy to do it. But one thing that my mother does diligently and wonderfully is all the washing. I'm, you know, which is wonderful because I hate washing, and she's. Two or three times lately, come to me with clothes saying, can you possibly read the label on this, Aidan? What temperature should this be Should this be um, cooked at? I was going to say washed at. And I can't read it either. And I get my glasses and I still can't read it. So I get my phone and I take a photograph of this label. And the only way to read the temperature on this label is to take a photograph and then blow it up. It just seems batty that labels inside clothes uh, it's not that the label per se is tiny it's that the writing on the label is so tiny the label is amply big enough to have you know 40 degrees 30 degrees 60 degrees whatever it is written nice and clearly and boldly so it will survive multiple washes and will always be there to read but no they printed in this tiny tiny little writing and you know after a year or two of washing you can't read it anyway so that's my on on behalf of my mother that's her whinge from the hospital But after a year or two of washing it and using it and generally enjoying the clothing, wouldn't you know how to wash it? You wouldn't need to keep reading the instructions three years later? Yes, but I suppose, as I say, my mother is so good and does washing, washes everything. And I suppose you'd have to remember every garment personally. So, yeah, I take that point, Steve, but I just think it's it's just bad design on the part of clothes not to print proper labels and to think ahead. One peculiarity of my 60-year-old eyesight is that although it's deteriorating generally... Uh, one of my eyes has incredibly good macro. It's oh. like a Ted Salmon macro phone <laughs> speciality. If I, lift, if I put my left eye up to something that's about two inches away, I can read it absolutely perfectly as if I've got eagle's eyesight. So wow. I have no problems, but only in one eye. That's, <laughs> only, that's and ex- only at age 60. That's exactly what I used to be able to do before I let them loose on my cataracts and they put these uh-huh. lenses in my eyes. Um, and that's my biggest regret. I used to be able to do just that, Steve, and it was so nice. If I'd had my time again... I would not have had them put those lenses in my eyes because I, I really miss that. I'd rather wear glasses than all the time than have to do that. I think you yeah. were both watchmakers in previous lives. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. OK. Matt Jones is next. Yes. Matt Jones on bogus comparison videos on YouTube. Is it just me? He says. I search YouTube for a comparison video between two similar devices. So phones, tablets, watches, whatever. I settle back, hoping to see a reviewer going through the details of how the two items compare in a hands-on manner. 
But it makes my blood boil, says Matt, when instead you're subjected to two still photos and some awful dance music <laughs> as the spec lists are now shown one point at a time. Absolutely pointless. I could get that info from GSM Arena or wherever in a fraction of the time. In fact, that would be more accurate as usually these videos are riddled with inaccuracies and guesses too. So I would say, Matt, I quite agree. I stick with GSM Arena and reliable channels like, well, like mine, <laughs> Mr. Mobile, Pocket Now, and other, the big, the well-known tech channels, and you won't go far wrong. Yeah, no. I concur. It's, it's, it's another reason why I am such a grumpy old man when it comes to social media and, and, and postings and, and, the, and the ability of people to put stuff out, out for the world to see. I wish, I wish there was more policing. It shouldn't be possible for just anyone to post two pictures like that and, and it, without sort of some warning, some red flag. You know, this was made by an idiot at home who doesn't know what he's doing, so don't watch it. Anyway, anyone anyone fancy a pint? No, thank you. Yes, I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't remember the last time I went into a pub and had a pint, you know, I really can't remember. It must be a decade ago. Anyway, David Breakwell is throwing into Room 101 the disproportionate charging of um, a half pint versus a whole one. So, he says, it used to be, if you bought half a pint, it would be 5p extra, say, of the, the half the price of a pint. Um, but now he noticed this week, he went in for a pint, and it was 20p extra. I've no idea how much a pint is. Probably a fiver by now, is it? Um, so... Presumably, then, instead of two pound fifty, if it is a fiver, then it was. It used to be two pound fifty-five, and now it's two pound seventy. Um, infuriating, David says. Anyone else recently been in for a pint anywhere? Yeah, I've been into several pubs recently as part of taking family out for meals, and you know, and and I always have the dilemma: do I get a half pint of cider or lager or whatever, or do I go for a pint? Because I know that half pint's never going to be quite enough, but a pint's going to be way too much <laughs> in terms of me driving. So. So in this, I, in this case, I go for half a pint, I pay the 20p extra, but know that in nine times out of 10, I probably wouldn't actually um, be able to have the extra half a pint uh, to make it up to a full pint. So I'd get £2.70 rather than £5. So I'm saving £2.30, Ted. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, isn't it? It used to be the same with trains, didn't it? I don't know if it still is because I haven't travelled on a train for a long, long time like you and pubs, Ted. But I mean, it used to be that a, a single ticket was not half the price of a return that you'd pay more for a single than you would for the return. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And and the, the, the extreme of this is the thing I, we brought to the last show or the one before, where a tin of... Um, I, I, my example was a tin of evaporated milk was um, full tin, 65p, half tin size, uh, 50p or something like that. And it was ridiculously... So following Steve's logic, you could say, right... I'm only having the half because it's saving me 15p. Um, but but actually, you're wasting a whole half a tin of... Yes, anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it can be looked at in different ways, can't it? Goodness, it's rumour on a one. There's a queue outside the door this week. Next! <laughs> I received a little while ago a, an, a white quality A5, I think it's called, or you know, half of A4 size envelope. Within in, inside of it, an A5, fairly thick, I would say at least sort of 300 thickness card with colour print saying, look out for your new debit MasterCard from NatWest. And that's it. And on the back, it has a little bit of information. Some exciting changes are on their way. We're switching to ma your MasterCard. Look out for your new MasterCard. That's it. That's what it is. And they've sent it to me and they've presumably sent the same thing to hundreds or probably thousands of other customers. 
I'm just on behalf of the planet here saying what a complete and utter waste of paper and resources yeah. to spend a thick A5 card in a posh A5 white envelope and yeah. all it says is you're going to be getting a new credit card. Yep. That is yeah. Lloyds awful. Banker, on the other hand, are, have done it right in that they've been sending me emails saying what's going to happen with my yeah. new debit right. card. So they've been entirely green up to the point where they send a physical card through the post. So a gold star leaping ahead to the next section for Lloyds Bank and a room 101 for NatWest. <laughs> yes, yeah. And you know, you know what else annoys me on the same thing is when they do send you a new card, they send you phone book size pamphlets of information you really don't need that you put straight into yeah. the bin. I wish there'd be a way of saying, you know, opting in or out. Would you like us to send you a 65-page tomb about your credit card? There probably is, Aidan. It's just that you haven't investigated it properly. You know what you're know like. What I'm like, yes. I just wait. It's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Yes, OK. <laughs> the final okay. thing I want yep. to rant about is car park ticket machines. Now, that debit your account and then deliver a piece of paper saying the transaction failed and this isn't a valid ticket. It happened to me the other day. And Room 101, not for the sake of me losing ATP, I can stand ATP, but because for technology in 2022, with proper handshaking, this sort of thing shouldn't yes. shouldn't be possible. If it literally has failed, then it shouldn't be printing at, at, at all. And if it, the transaction went through and my account was debited, then it should send enough positives through the chain that it has another go at printing the ticket or press here to try again. There should be, you shouldn't be able to be debited and not end up with a valid ticket. I, 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 it's great there's only ATP here. We don't have tech fails like this for our mortgages or more substantial payments. And I'm rather cross about the whole thing. So to be, so to be clear here, you're, you're going to the car park machine, you're putting your ATP in, it then fails and prints you a, a, a message that says, this has failed, and then, and then asks you to put another ATP in to get your proper ticket. And does that work? Yeah, I'm sure it would have worked if I tried again, but I wasn't. <laughs> a, I wasn't Stormed prepared to take the risk. Then. I thought we're just going round in the circles here. So I put a piece of paper on my dashboard saying, "Look, I paid. My bank account was debited. Um, I'm sorry, your machine is broken." And I just wandered off and assumed that would be enough. But it just makes me cross that oh, right. the, the technology allows this. If it fails, it fails. If it works, it works. There shouldn't be a halfway where it works on one end, debits your bank account, yeah. but fails on the paper printing can, end. Can you put cash in it? Uh, no, not these days. This is this, this is Reading. This is Bark, Raw Berkshire Ted. <laughs> I I had a similar I had a similar but different room one hundred and one about car park machines. You might remember Ted. The speed you can stand for literally minutes. You know you 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 type in your number and you wait and you put your card on it and the time it takes to perform the handshake is literally one or two minutes and you're standing there saying to the queue behind you, I'm so sorry, I'm waiting for the machine, and I brought that onto the show previously. So um yeah, there we go. Yeah, we we no we don't uh, like car park machines, per se. Yeah. And one more from me, <laughs> one more on car park ticket machines. There is a machine at Sainsbury's and Maidenhead. And I think it's true in all of the Maidenhead machines run by the same company, where they've got a a press touch thing. It's not capacitive. It's not even resistive. It's a lean with all your might on the button, <laughs> and if you weigh enough, the button will operate. And I've seen, I've stood there and watched other people oh. trying to use it. Pressing buttons, pressing, nothing's happening. And I have to march up to them and say, look, you have to put all your weight behind it. And if you've got enough kilograms of, of pressure and weight, then eventually the button will work. And it does work, but just ridiculous technology. This is 2022. Oh, you could do a lovely sketch with everybody in the queue leaning onto each other and the one at the front's got his finger on the machine. Uh, uh, whatever works, whatever works, Aidan. Oh, dear. Yes, indeed.
Oh, right. My favourite bit of the show now, isn't it? Isn't it, Ted? Yes. Here Yay. we go. Let's all stand <laughs> to yes, attention. like the national anthem. Please stand for the gold star jingle. <laughs> Yay! And my gold star this week is going, this this time is going to EE, which they probably get bad press a lot of the time. But I got fed up with Vodafone. Um, I know it's a bit techy, I'll be short. Um, but I got fed up with Vodafone. The signal was going down and down and down over time. And it just, I'd, I'd had enough. And I was out of contract. So I thought, right, I'll check out EE. They sent me, um, or rather, I, I went and bought a, a, SIM, a SIM card from Tesco, put it in, phoned them up. Um, human being straight away got it connected um, they gave me a 10 pound seven day trial thingy um, and I put that in they've subsequently given me a second 10 pound trial thingy for no money so I've got double the value out of that um, but it, it's working perfectly I, I know that this is going to vary from place to place in North Wales um, Vodafone has just got shockingly bad though and EE is just amazing well at the moment it is I mean it might be that they'll end up throttling me and it, it, it'll all change but I took a reading this morning which you two can see in the show notes here and it's nearly 100 Mbps down and wow. 42 wow. up and that's faster than my mum and dad's fibre optic broadband in their house now I know that it won't stay like that it varies hugely um, but that's the, the highest reading we've ever seen and before I put this SIM card in this morning I tested Vodafone again and it was four down and about 20 up yeah. just shockingly different but I'm really really hoping they can have a gold star for now but if they start throttling me <laughs> and start mucking about and it gets bad I shall um, curse them but anyway there you go. So this week I've got to work out how to tell um, Vodafone the bad news and also um, tell everyone else that I've got a new phone number. Does he, does EE have a mast on the, car- the outskirts of your caravan, <laughs> yes. site, Ted? <laughs> this this no, is amazing. There's, a, there's one mast. Well, I, we recently, we, people may remember in the WeWe group, there were very kind people helping me with the conversation when I wasn't sure whether I wanted to ditch Virgin or not. And in the end, I rang Virgin and, you know, the usual chat ended up with me staying with them, but getting an upgrade. And we got there super duper, ultra fast speed. And it's nothing like what you've what you've quoted here, Ted. I'm seething with jealousy. Yeah. Well, I'm really impressed with that, but it's not always like that. I mean, that was—I think that's a, 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 a peak that might not yes. be. Maybe seen that's again. in order that you get terribly excited and commit yourself to a 24-year contract with them or something. And, and that, yes, and that could be part. Of, all joking aside, that could be part of it. Maybe they—they they, when people first sign yes. up and first get they it going, it yeah. they don't—they th- don't throttle it in any way. And then once you start using it, down it goes. I don't know. I'll report back on that. But at the moment, they can have a gold star. Any arguments? No. From here, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, thank you very much, Steve, for joining us. It's been a wheeze on having you on the show. Anything you'd like to say in closing? Well, just that we've referenced PSE several times, so do go and enjoy more of Mr. Ted Salmon, indeed a guest spot, and yet more (laughs) Aidan Bell on the PSE arriving in your podcatcher in 24 hours' time. Yeah, and this weekend it'll be along, so that'll be great. Um, Aidan, anything um, in finality from Uh, you? Finality is to say I'm sorry I was a little bit away with the fairies at the beginning, but I've had a lovely time. It's whizzed by. It's always a pleasure having you with us, Steve. So thank you uh, for me too for joining us this week. 
you, yeah, you, no problem. You're always away with the films. <laughs> oh, this is we'll be true. back in two <laughs> weeks' time with more um, stuff. No, whatever you works. No, you won't. You're oh no! Fight. Oh yeah! Well done. Well remembered. Oh, I knew there was a reason he was here. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Right. We're not going to be back in two weeks' time. We're having a summer break um, for various reasons. Um, so um, we'll be back in four weeks' time. So sorry about that if it upsets everyone. But that does give us a great opportunity to gather lots of things together in the MeWe group. Tell us whatever works in your life in the next four weeks. We'll bring the highlights of that to the show. Um, in the meantime, you'll find all the links from today's show at whateverworks.works, which is our website. TedSalmon.com for me, AidenBell.com for Aiden and Steve Litchfield.com for Steve and we'll be back in four weeks time Steve and um, don't forget to join us in the media group links in the show notes to all of that so um, one last thing to say don't forget whatever works whatever works works works, works. <laughs> <laughs>